0: And welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your host Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Today we have a super special guest, fastest woman ever. Honestly, I mean, actually, we should definitely do a YouTube video together. But we have Asha Philip on today, and we are so excited.
1: How are you doing, hey? I'm good, thank you. I'm really good. I had a great day. The weather's not too bad, so yeah. I appreciate the first
0: on. time in London. I feel like I'm actually like no. Last time we were here, actually, it was so hot it was when the heat wave was oh. and it was extortionate on the tube how hot was it on the tube i yeah, literally thought melting. i was gonna woo, yeah but i mean you're london born and bred yep we just went
1: through, had, through yeah, East yeah
0: always been in london and um, yep. but no thanks so much for being on the podcast it's literally incredible like one of my aspirations when i was a very young little swimmer was like, go, do you know, like going to Olympics and <laughs> yeah. medaling in the Olympics, and you're a double, me, me, double medal? Is that what yeah, you yeah. call it? Double medalist at the Olympics, absolutely incredible. Um, but I was reading so much about your, I guess, like your first career was actually in gymnastics, mm-hmm. trampolining. Yeah, and I didn't know, th- I didn't know that at all. That as hobby, I was like, that is literally incredible. But can you just tell us like a little bit about that and how, how you even got started got with that
1: yeah um, so growing up as one of I'd say one of six it was more one of three but my three closest cousins were always together so it was always six of us in total and like our parents just had forced us into everything possible when it comes to netball swimming yeah. ballet tap jazz football um, everything. there was not a sport that we didn't do, actually tennis. I'm very upset about that, but um <laughs> every other sport we did, and then we got into trampoline in because I think my mom's into trampolineist well, trampoline coach, and then it's because they liked it. and then after that, the coach that coached us was a national coach for double mini trampoline in. So he said, Oh, do you guys want to come to Ginningham Kemp for a day? And then we did, and then we never left. We just went there every twice a week to keep training, and then after that, we started competing.
0: That's incredible. And you did really, really well. I did. From what, from what I've read, you did so incredibly yeah. well. So with so it's called double trampolining. Is that with two is no, that no. like <laughs> No, it's so is funny that with when you two, no, two people? I don't know like what that means. Honestly,
1: when people I suppose I do double mini trampoline, they're like, is it two? I don't get it. It's like, yeah. no, it's just like a small trampet that you kind of <sighs> like it's just like this. So you bounce oh. here and then bounce here and then you land on the mat. So it's like double as in two moves. Oh. Imagine, I think I just figured that out. Yeah, just now. I didn't know <laughs> that. But it's the whole double was like, yeah, you yeah, have two moves and then you land on the mat.
0: And you had an injury. Mm. You, I think it was a knee niggle or injury. Yeah, but
1: the worst if you, thing ever. Yeah, if
0: you want to tell us a little bit about yeah. what the hell happened.
1: So I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. It's like that bad. It was... Probably the worst time of my life. I just turned 17, like the week after my birthday, just started college. And like, obviously, I went to a girls' school. So you've got boys in your school now. It's like, oh, this is so exciting. It's a different world. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> what is going on? It was so weird. I remember calling my mum I said, Mum, there's a boy in my class. What do I do? <laughs> I was so scared. Um, but then I went to the championships. So this was the senior championships because I just won the world youth. So I thought, okay, this is going to be it because Trancafield and um trampolini were battling heads, I had to choose. And I thought, okay, if I go to the championships and get a medal, I'll be happy. I'll do everything. Cause I was I was competing really well and I I, I won't say I, I toot my own horn, but I was really good at it and mm-hmm. I could have got a medal or I should have got a medal. Yeah. And um I was doing really well. But then I qualified for the final but the day before the final we had a team final and that they needed me to basically get all the points that we could get and I just went out and did an amazing pass. They were called passes. Um, and as I landed I was thinking okay, I've really got to stick this imagine having this conversation in your head okay I've got to stick this what should I do a split, la- split landing or like one leg front one to, to the side how should I do it and I thought okay let me do a split landing and as I split my knee just went dislocated I tore all my ligaments Aww. ACL PCL MCL and fractured a bone on top of that all so, in one go all in one go once, just bang, bush,
2: let's go. Do you knew straight away I'll just destroy my knee?
1: Well, as you went down, I heard the clicking. In you, you Internally, you hear it. Yeah. And as I was thinking, mm, this doesn't feel right. And I roll onto my back and then I see my leg point in another direction with like a fat dent in the knee. I was like, mm, this ain't right. And so I just started screaming. And I think it was just more shock mm-hmm. that this was happening. And then my coach ran over and he just looked at me and held me. And I was just like, well, I'm just screaming, screaming. And then another guy runs over. He's an American coach. And then... Um, <laughs> It's like, they, I always got at this, they, got, they had a silent conversation. He looked at me, then like my coach looked at me, then he looked at my co- um, the other coach, the American coach, and they looked at me, and they looked back at each other, exchanged words through the eyes, he grabbed my leg and just clicked it back, in person, um, back into place, there and then. I was like, okay, I think that hurt more than it actually it going. Does.
0: Yeah, a lot of people say that, don't they? Like, putting something yeah. like back in a position like your shoulders or anything mm-hmm. is...
1: I think because like, you know it's coming. Whereas well, before, I didn't know it was happening when I was going down. No, yeah, for sure. So I was like, okay, shock. And then when he grabbed it and then just like clicked it back in, I was like, okay, there was no warning. Thanks. And um, okay, because tell me next time. But then I think because he'd done it before and it's like my coach trusted him, like he just, they just kind of knew. And honestly, he literally got there within seconds, grabbed it and then clicked it back in. And then the pain disappeared instantly. So I thank him for it. But it was just like, just a pre yeah. warning. So I just knew, you know. Yeah, so dislocated everything. Was, and that, then, was that the end of your all... trampoline career? Yeah. yeah, that was it. I won't go back. <laughs> that was a no for me.
0: Was that in terms of? Was there kind of a fear that you developed from the injury in, in terms of not? Because I know it happens a mm. lot where people get injured from doing a sport. Yeah, and then there's this like fear block. Was it? Were you, uh,
1: one hundred percent. Uh, I just, I just believe you're coming at such a height, and if you were to land again. Mm-hmm. I just my heart couldn't go through it again, knowing how long it took me to get back to um, on crutches. I had two operations, so I remember the doctor telling me, "Oh, Asha, um, you're one. I have to go home and think about." I thought, "Okay, Jesus Christ, Asha, you went, you really did the number." From the doctor telling you he has to go home and think exactly. about you, then you know it's serious. So he said, "Because obviously I'm a professional athlete, he wasn't sure if he was going to give me or take, um, a, or apart from my hamstring for my ACL, for as donor or get a donor to." Um, basically put it in but then luckily he said that he had a meeting with an old guy back in the day and he said like if you have an Olympic or um, Olympic sprinter or whoever get a donor don't use the hamstring because obviously I'm going to end up tearing my hamstring tell, again yeah. anyway so I mean we do that happens all the time with um, track and field I just call that a, t- um, a paper cut these days because they're like oh. the smallest of injuries but oh they're still God. big depending on how yeah. big the grade is but um, he said no we're going to give you a donor so then I woke up thinking okay has he, he taking it from there which he thankfully didn't, and it did probably one of the best things. But it was, I just know, one of the, um, Mark Pennell actually, he went back, he dislocated his knee and he went back and did it. But he did like more than once. He dislocated, it, and I said, If oh I know he's doing it, I said, I'm not gonna go through that again. Yeah. And I just know my heart could just, it, it couldn't take it. It was that traumatic. Um, I mean, I can get on a trampoline now and I can bounce and do bits and bobs, but I would never do what I did. Like, I wouldn't land on a, on a mat, mm-hmm. I would land on a trampoline or land into a pit. Yeah. But I wouldn't land on a hard surface. Yeah, I just, I just don't know if I could go for that again.
0: So when, so you were seventeen mm-hmm. when all of this was happening. How long were you technically like out of sport for, or mm. before? Because you went back into athletics. Yeah, you I didn't back do trampoline, didn't you? Yeah. After what was that kind of, I guess, like the time period from seventeen to? Mm, I going think back.
1: Well, on paper, I believe it was like, I think I made my first senior team in 2011. I think I went to the World Indoors. I'm guessing it was that one anyway. Um, but so it was like 2007 to 2011. But it was like in and out. I was like still tearing my hamstring, tearing my calf. Like you realize, I know, you thought one was, you. you I, I did like the big one. And then I like, know it, it didn't stop. It's because the knee was perfect. But everything around it stopped. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realise if you like literally sit still for 24 hours and don't move a muscle, like, honestly, I could hold my leg in my hand and shake it. I lost, like, all muscle. When I say all muscle, it was like my leg disappeared. It was like a twig. And, like, if you put on jeans, you could feel like one side was baggy and the other side was fit. And I didn't realise that. And um, it was like, until I moved to my coach, when I moved to Steve, probably like 2015, 2016 it's been seven years so when is that oh. yeah around right about that time let's just say and um, it's only till they measured my leg I was like seven centimetres down really? so I was still wow. running on my leg not realising that I had such a deficit in between could you, the both
0: could you like physically you could see could even if see I look now
1: you could see my calf my calf isn't as um, big as the other I mean
0: you can't tell I know you have, <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at your legs they're
1: yeah. fucking awesome you have to like, have to, like stare tell. at them like proper to notice the difference it's crazy yeah though. wow When it, like, disappeared, like, when I say I can, like, you know, like, hold your legs like this. I could just, like, swig it around. Wobble it. Yeah. It it disappeared within 24 hours. And it's because I I didn't use it at all. And it got worse over time because when I did it, the injury, I must have been there for another, like, two or three days before we flew home. Because they said they can operate it here, but said you could do this when you go home and it Mm -hmm. would be safer to do home. And obviously I could trust the doctors because if anything happened, I'd have to stay out there. Because I did it in Canada and it was Quebec as well.
0: Oh, so they really? spoke
1: French. And I'm lying on this bed thinking, like you know, when you look up and you've got two nurses just conversating and they're just, you know, speaking Ooh, French. And I'm just saying? like, and <laughs> I, just, I, I just, that's probably. The, I only cried like twice. Or I was maybe two or three times. I didn't cry when it happened because I think the shock took over. Yeah. And when they wheeled me out, um, I called. I said, I just want to talk to my mum. That's all I could say. I just remember Pete. No, I'm like, I just want to talk to my mum. I just want to talk to my mum. And I spoke to her, and then the tears came because they watched it live. They didn't realize. Um, they were watching me and they thought "Ash, I didn't know you fell over so no mum just broke my leg no but I just saw you we just spoke like I don't understand what happened and she had no idea that there and then I broke my leg once broke it broke I dislocated my knee and then it went like sideways and then when they wheeled me off to the hospital that's when I was like this is actually real hey, yeah. I'm in a foreign hospital I'm not at home with a wobbly <laughs> they speaking, leg yeah. <laughs> they were speaking another language what on earth is going on and I think that's when it hit me again
0: yeah I mean so was that's, that that's terrifying for anyone let alone your, I guess, your identity at the time was mm. very much with trampolining, and yeah. you're probably thinking, "Well, my my leg, my knee, what am I supposed to do?" But you obviously pivoted. Mm. You you switched sport, <laughs> and you're a double Olympic medalist in track. <laughs> that is honestly crazy. I just, I I think I feel like I need an explanation. So, have you? Did you always do some sort of athletics?
1: Yes. Yeah, like an so element of
0: sprinting?
1: I was, um, while I did trampolining, I just randomly got into track. And then when I won the World Youths at trampolining, I then won the World Juniors at track. So it was just like, I had ah. both. That's why it got to the point actually, I, I didn't even think I needed to pick. I feel like if I didn't do, if I didn't study or anything, I think I, would, I could have done both. Well, mm-hmm. technically, I, even if I did study, I think I could have done both. I just believe... I just needed to marry them better. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. I didn't understand. I don't think I was in the gym at all at that time. It was just like pure, just my, was it, what's what you call the word? Just athletic ability, let's just say. That's all I had. And I wasn't, I wasn't trained in anything. It was all fun back then. So I just did it just for the sake of it. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't like this was my job, whatever. But I think because trampolining wasn't an Olympic sport, well, at the time, trampolining is now. But double mini isn't. So had that been an Olympic sport, maybe things would have been oh, different. Oh, I see. So, But at the time, it's like, okay, actually, you would have had a junior medal and then you would have had your senior medal. Then, okay, now you can focus on athletics. Mm-hmm. But um, it was more just have fun, do both. Like my mum, was mom seven days in a week. We was doing sports every other day. It worked out well. So I didn't see the problem until everyone else around me made it sound like it was a thing you had to choose I thought okay well I'm going to the championship so it's fine now I'll, I'll just do my last one there and then I'll just leave and so at least I'll get a medal and it's okay and then I dislocated myself and then didn't even get a team medal for that actually but then I still got high scores if that counts
0: it definitely still counts <laughs> it absolutely still counts so obviously you are an Olympian yeah. a double Olympian you went in 2016 yes to Rio yeah. and then you've just been to so- Tokyo yeah. So obviously, I mean, I, c- I can't imagine the the difference between the games. Obviously, everything that happened with mm. COVID, but with the Rio Games, how how was that? That's like your first.
1: It was amazing. Olympic Games. It was like surreal. You go into, well, everyone says like London was the best one. I'm like, okay, cool, but we're not in London now. We're here in Rio. Yeah. This, yeah. this is yeah. it for me. This is, been I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're here now. Um The best thing you often say is that it was probably the McDonald's that we always were well, at that Olympics. It was there. And obviously everyone loves free, dirty food. I was going to ask
2: you about this because Harry yeah. mentioned it as well. I and mean, I was asking about his pre-run. <laughs> He's like, I'd go for Mackey's all the time. It
1: was, yeah, it's free. It's like it tastes even better. I don't know what it is, but it tastes. And then you get it any time of day. Actually, ours wasn't twenty four hours, but you'd go in there, you'd order, and the, you we had these phones that they gave us. And like obviously from our apartment, you could see someone accused. So we always get a phone call. Oh, Asha, can you get me this? Can you get me that? So then you get <laughs> so to the front line and said, like, "Can I get five ma- um Double max? Can I get this? Can I get that?" Said, like, "Oh, can I get one muffin? She's like one muffin? No, uh, two, three, just, you know, just." Give me what you think. Like honestly, if you wanted one, it was like an insult. So like, just fill up your bags, and it was like that was like the fun part of Rio. But um, our, everything was far away from us. But then it was nice because you had like a Beats house, you had the Nike house, you had all the sponsors' houses that we could go into, and it was just fun. It was it was like imagine just being on a village, but like, all your mates in different countries, all of it was, was it different languages. Just like everyone messing around, like and it was like twenty four hours. It's always open. There's a games room like it's like honestly it was like
2: I've been back school, on tour. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. literally
1: on tour as well just make your mates on tour with everywhere just like running different countries it was just so much fun, so I, much was,
2: fun. I always wonder about that with the nutrition side because obviously, obviously you said you got McDonald's but yeah. I'm guessing <laughs> there's lots what lot else of, do you eat <laughs> okay, <no. laughs> there's lots of different cultures I'm guessing there's lots of people who eat different yeah. things depending on on kind of how they've been brought up culturally or what they're mm. doing for their own stuff so how does that kind of is it is a ton of places to to eat there and yeah. also I think this is very relevant for me and Lucy. We speak about a lot the nutrition that goes into individuals and how everyone varies quite a lot from person to person. Mm-hmm. Like we are pretty lifestyle based when it comes to nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're uh, coaches and professionals within the industry. What is your what was your nutrition like around the time and then kind of leading up to it and then also. Sort of pre-event, because, like I was mm-hmm. saying, I was speaking to Harry, and he said for him, he was very much one of those people who was very flexible. He could just go and get Mackie's, but then you yeah, had some people who were definitely not me. Really... <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> he was very rigid in the, yeah. in the approach, and and everyone's sort of different. But he said the reason why he was like that, I'm sure you probably had the conversation, mm-hmm. is because if he was and he couldn't get something that he wanted to have, he'd get stressed about it. Mm-hmm. So he he preferred that sort of yeah. flexible approach. But what what was kind of your so they normally
1: have like a halal section, a world food section, uh an Asian section. So you just basically tour the whole um canteen and figure out what you like, and I'll just go back to that place over and over again because it is stressful. It's so big. Like when you've got so much people in there, there's like thousands of people, and that like everyone's just trying to get food. It's just it's just it's just so much, it's overwhelming that like you just go to what you know and just go there and just be mm. happy with it. When it comes, yeah, so you're going in the canteen, it's just very busy. I just get overwhelmed. So I would find a section I would really like and just eat there. So it's, there was, well, for Tokyo, the Asian section was fine. But to be honest, I think they only knew how to cook their own food. Everything yeah. else was just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and I would literally just eat there the whole time and just not eat anything else. And plus, I don't eat red meat anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was only a choice because when we go to these type of events, we'll say events, competitions, you, get, or you can eat breakfast, or you can eat lunch, or you can eat dinner and meat. I will just eat and it's like you're sitting there you're like so we're sitting here at a table and we're having a great conversation and then so I'm just gonna get something else I'm just gonna get something else and all now I've just like, eaten so much and I'm not like, the only one putting on weight for some reason and everyone else will lose weight because I'm always eating carbs I love rice and I'll just eat that and pasta like no one else can it. me so and I'll just pile it on pile it on pile it on because I feel like I can only trust it you can't go wrong with just yeah, yeah. boiling these things yeah <laughs> so that's why I'll just eat that with gravy or something small on the side but um you, I just me I'm not so not so fussy when it comes to eating but when it comes to race time anyway I like you kind of stop I don't think it's a nervous energy but I won't eat as much I'll just like just pick at things and even after I compete I wouldn't even feel as hungry so like for the whole like say 10 days I wouldn't eat as much which is really weird when I think about it but um yeah I'm not so much to like calorie calorie kind of person mm-hmm. or macros count your macros just because I'm not say a rebel but I like to eat. Yeah. So I just can't have someone tell me, actually you can't eat because then I'm going to go eat it. But I do think twice. I won't eat like fried food as, okay, as much. Or like I wouldn't go for like burgers or I would still eat clean, mm-hmm. but just make sure I pick the right things or eat what I could out of the right options that we have. Because in Tokyo, they love pork. Really? Pork is yeah. big thing and of it, of those, huh? Yeah, majority yeah. of all their meals, they just had pork in it. It's really and annoying I like actually. that's not,
0: a massive british thing we're no. more we're more chicken
1: yeah yeah
0: definitely. we have a lot of chicken here but that's so interesting mm. to hear you talk about nutrition because i think a lot of people listening would think must be so regimented yeah. yes, everything must be tracked broccoli rice chicken i
1: mean i probably should
0: <laughs> no, no, no. no but it works but I'm just for not. <laughs> yeah and, but harry was so similar yeah. wasn't he he was like it's not
2: it's not... What, Harry's... Like, Harry he works up romantic. with abs. Like, yeah. he does, he, Harry must he be, be the only trailer, person literally. who has like three coffees a day with full <laughs> yeah. milk and free sugars in his exactly. coffee.
1: Exactly. Like... And you wouldn't even <laughs> see like an ounce on him, no. like whether I'm working hard. I only lose weight this time of year, you know, I would start, like we start training in October and I will be, when I tell you I'll be good for even like, if, you t- if I did it good for like four weeks, eight, well, I tell you, I wouldn't even shift in nothing. But then only when I start racing, it's like, I don't know what it is, but I just trim off that way. And then, like, now I'm at my lightest, at like my prime position, um, prime. So it's like, yes, perfect for holiday pictures, you know, great. But um, that's the only time would, I would actually lose the weight. But other than that, I would just stay thick throughout the whole season until the, um, the summer season.
0: So, with your training, are you not like training at the moment?
1: Oh, I had my last race yesterday.
0: Are so you yeah. in Switzerland? Well, you were in Switzerland yeah. at some point.
1: Yeah, like last week. And last now I'm here. Yeah. So, I was in Switzerland last weekend and then had a race on Monday and then I'm done
0: and now you're
1: here yeah so what does your train look like
2: when you kind of come off the back of say your last race yeah, ends and I kind of just sort of deload wind da- yeah, down yeah I would
1: I would at least take two weeks off like to do nothing and then the rest will just be like just stay fit because I just know like I'm trying to not get back to where I was last because like, I came back a bit too heavy <laughs> but I want to just come back and be like semi fit because next year is really big again as much as we just had olympics we've mm-hmm. got a world indoors a world outdoors a commonwealth which is going to be home in birmingham and then a european championships and they're all like six weeks we've got three major championships don't know how it's going to work
0: wow i feel like but, that's um, really really close together yeah, is that is it not usually no
1: it's always um we have a a world no, maybe a commonwealth and a europeans in the same year but not a Worlds. so, they've, so they've done triple yeah, threat. Because everyone knows just because of COVID. They've all pushed it, Push back. it back. So it's literally six weeks, and I've never had we've never had like a major championships, and a week later we've got Commonwealths, and then a week later after that you've got Europeans, and it's like, okay, what championships do you pick? Because Worlds is obviously the biggest one. You wanted to go to Worlds, plus in Oregon, it's going to be a quick track. It's going to be amazing. Then you have a home Commonwealths. So like, we can't miss a home games. Yeah, and then it's the Europeans at the end. So it's like, which ones are you going to do? Are you going to be able to do all of them? Because I'll probably, if I did the 100, it'll be the 100 and the relay. So it's the beginning and the end of the championships. So it's like, okay, where's the break? Um, <sighs> yeah, so I just, that will be a conversation I'll have with my coach in October when I come back. It's like, yeah, I can't do that now. Let me just, I've had a fun this year. Let me debrief, let yeah. me relax, and then we'll get back on the horse and then we can discuss it. But I don't know how it's going to work next year. I really wow. don't.
0: That is, yeah. <laughs> well, glad it's you, not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how hard is you to prepare for this
2: previous one with everything else that was going on with COVID because I'm sure that was yeah. very, very different in, in all sorts of different elements that kind of would have been impacted as well as like social, mental health mm-hmm. and also kind of trying to practice guess, and guessing in a very peculiar way.
1: Mm-hmm. It was weird. When the first lockdown hit, I was actually in America at the time. So I was on a training camp and I found it quite funny because we were just booking to go. So my whole group was going to Texas and then we had two, it was about three French athletes that were coming over with us and then they were saying, oh, it's all kicking off. They can't come. I said, what are you doing about like, you coming?" On. We just thought they were just being long about it. It's like, we're trying yeah. to book. Are you with us or you're not? To only find out when I phone out, because we were still allowed to travel to America. Because I think I got there the Friday and then Trump turned around and said, okay, Europe. I mean, the whole of Europe can't basically come here on the Monday. I was like, oh, so this is real. Okay, um, so now I'm stuck here. I think I was there for about 10 days until it got worse and worse and then everyone was saying, oh, actually, you should come home. But I was like, whatever stress you're going through in the UK was not happening in America <laughs> because where I was was so quiet. It was a college station. is a small town. It's like Loughborough, mm-hmm. but just bigger. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was quiet. Like, I didn't, there wasn't any problem until I, certain things started to close and stuff. I said, okay, cool. Let's come back now because Boris made a big scene about it. And I was like, okay, if you're abroad, get home. It's okay. We traveled home. And then, um, yeah, we was basically on grass trying to find tracks and getting kicked off a track by the police because they say no you can't train on these tracks even though it's all outdoors like it was it was stressful my training partner was working in the evening so I would get up in the morning during a pandemic can you imagine you had me (laughs) leave my bed at like 9 o'clock in the morning but anyway your, your sleeping pattern was so off so I went to bed late up to go training um, to leave my house which was like a 40 minute drive to a track to only get kicked off honestly I could have killed him in those moments <laughs> like, oh, that was so frustrating but um, yeah that's what basically we did tried to break into other tracks that we probably shouldn't be breaking into but if we was social distancing and trying to be good like there wasn't a, much of a problem so that was very stressful until they figured out we could in the end train at the Lee Valley where we train now and it wasn't so bad but then it was just when it got to the next year, so I didn't race that year in 2019 just because I, I couldn't see my physios. Mm-hmm. It was just too much of a mess for me. My body needs Were you still treatment. with
0: your coach? Was he still like coaching you? During oh yeah, no, co- no not at all.
1: We tried to get my s coach to come at the time. And then wherever bridge he got over, he got pulled over by the police. And yeah, he couldn't lie, wasn't it lie correctly. He just couldn't tell the truth in a good way. So yeah. he had to go home. <laughs> So yeah, we was doing everything by ourselves. That's going by weights and just trying to use them in car parks and stuff like that. It was that bad. That bad.
2: Did some people struggle more than others? Would you say that time regards to the preparation for it? I mean, I definitely did. did
1: My training partners, they were able to race by the end of the year. But me, it just didn't work out at all. Like I know my body needs therapy just because of like, yeah, I did my knee in 07. People still forget like just the the things I had to break away from all those years because I got a lot, I picked up a lot of subconscious things that I didn't realise I was doing. So if I didn't, if my body wasn't right, I'd use the other side and then the left side would shut down. And it was just, yeah, it just wasn't working well for me. So then luckily, when everything started to open up, we, obviously this year it worked, but then the travelling was stressful. Like I've never thought travelling to be like so draining. Mm. Like you just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. It got to a point, I think I did like two, maybe three races abroad. And even then it was just like, could you get into meets? Could you get this? Could you get that? And then I wasn't running as fast, maybe because obviously the year before I didn't have the best season. Well, I didn't have a season, so I think it impacted me on this season. And it yeah, it just wasn't the greatest for me. But then somehow I put it managed to put it together for the trials to qualify. But pre like prior to that was just a shambles. Like it really was just stress.
2: I can only imagine because obviously for lots of people in the UK and around the world it mm-hmm. was mentally draining. Like yeah. we we spoke about it a couple of times. We started seeing even therapists during. The lockdown from never having issues with mental health before, yeah, so I could only imagine like when that's your bread and butter, Yes. the one thing that you can't do, yeah not, not just a physical impact, but how much that psychological impact can have on an athlete as well uh, been...
1: honestly, I think it was I, I think I survived because of my family, we all quarantined together, so my sister came home, my brother came home, and then obviously the kids were all there that was yeah. that was eventful um, but it was nice that we had that. So I would like leave for a couple of hours to go training or on a grass pitch somewhere then come back. Then I'll go for a cycle with the kids or just do something to get them outside. Because I know they were driving them lot in um, indoors insane. And um, obviously, because I've got two nieces. The other one is a terror.
0: And uh, she's, <laughs>
1: <laughs> she needed like, honestly, when I came home, it was like, oh, I should take her. Like, honestly, it was
0: like, <laughs> <Have> <laughs> yeah, they
1: needed a break. So I was like, the, the fun, I'm always the fun aunt. So we had to learn how to entertain the kids. I would get cakes to bake them and stuff like that like cupcakes we just even though her, her what is it her mom bakes cakes for a living I'm getting them ones out of a box <laughs> and teach them how to bake it <laughs> um, so that was fun but honestly it, I think that's the only reason why I think I survived other than that I don't know because we have a garden as well so I don't know how other people would have survived knowing that they didn't have gardens. They were just in at home by themselves. Some people that like, haven't seen their family for like a year or two. I thought that would have driven me insane. Like, yeah. I would have packed myself and gone to my family's because I don't know how I, any other way I would have done that. My cousin is by herself and so does my auntie. So they moved in together for that part. Plus her house was getting redone, done. So she had no walls. So she had no transport <laughs> to leave. But at least we weren't by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we made sure we could cope that way because my whole family are teachers and then obviously they're not teaching kids everything was all online or that was all yeah. messy but yeah. honestly if we didn't have each other I don't think I would have survived because I, I did see people struggle and I know that it got to a point where people don't want to go outside anymore it's like they are very much oh no I'll just stay in or they're very scared to go outside If it, the people say if you haven't been vaccinated or this or any other or like oh I don't want to do this I don't want to do that and then they literally just shrivel up like I didn't see um, So, when my grandma was alive she only died like January the 1st let's just say mm. And um, like I didn't see them for such a long period. But I think because I went up to Loughborough to go training because that was open. I think I just turned up at their front door and then she's like, oh, so surprised to see that because obviously they wouldn't they won't even let me in the house. Like my, like no one's been in that house yeah. really. But um, she did let me in anyway and like picked me in my head in to see my grandma and stuff. But because obviously I'm out here training and traveling. She, yeah. We, not you so not we're shielding her, but she's 103 like she was getting old so we didn't want to you know I, I do not want to be the reason
0: for to happen yeah I know oh, good
1: and genes. she did from COVID either so I think I've got good yeah. you've got so, great
0: genes yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah I, I can only
2: imagine like it, it'd be really difficult for depending on what sport you're in as mm-hmm. well because I, I saw some some stuff on like Instagram and TikTok and stuff and there's like people swimming in fucking mini pools at well, home yeah, with the, with the yeah, yeah. And if your event requires a lot of different operations yeah. or whatever that can be really like difficult well, to, to do anything for
0: yeah mm. British Swimming got delivered the um, the little whirlpool thing so the resistance pool I so all I the it well ITC <laughs> people got those pools Yeah, and then yeah so did Loughborough I know Bath opened for mm-hmm. the swimmers so was Loughborough track open first in terms of like everybody who needs to train come and train As if
1: he was unfunded he was a funded ah. athlete or in the end, I think if you was an England athlete, there was like certain rules and regulations. Or if you was on the long list to go to Olympics, you could train indoors. So it was like, imagine this whole facility. and It was like less than ten of us in there. It was that quiet. I mean, it was nice, but it was really quiet. Wow. Like you just thought, like okay, you felt lucky and privileged to be yeah. indoors because, mm. bearing in mind, this is like October, November, and it's cold. Freezing. And I just felt, honestly, we see the videos of my training partners outside in the corner. I said, I don't know how you do this. That's how they call me a princess sometimes, because I'd be like, Mm-mm, I'm not going
0: out there. <laughs> no, Because <thanks.
1: laughs> no. our coach will say if it's like minus, I think below three, we're not like, we don't go outside and do a running session. It's like three, that's still cold, Steve. But um, we wouldn't do, we'll would do a session indoors because you wouldn't get what you wanted out of the session, depending on how fast it is outdoors if it's cold. So um, we just do our sessions indoor, but obviously it's winter, so we can do that stuff. But I just felt so sorry for the rest of the guys. Yeah. And, you could, and they would with um, just standard, pedest- like normal pedestrians and like obviously we had, there's like a track etiquette in a way. You would say, if you shout track, that means get like move out the way someone's coming yeah. or stuff like that. You just, there's certain rules, but you would just, if someone's running, you step out and just be weary of your surroundings. Yeah. And you've got people their prams, their bikes, oh, no. and you've just got kids running left, right and centre, especially when it starts to get hot. Everyone was coming out for nice walks, but they just didn't understand move. And yeah. then so my training partner actually got injured running into someone. Really? Like, yeah, because um, so you're just running around the track. you meant to stay in a lane, but no, someone was just like running around the side, just going across and you could just see uh, there was a collision between actually a, a guy and an older lady and it was really bad, like span, tuppled overs, everything. And they could really get hurt from that. If someone's coming at you. Well,
0: I mean, you, you, you run well. so fast.
1: Exactly. And imagine running into someone. Yeah. So yeah, that was, it was rough. It was brutal to see. Imagine they actually got on camera as well, to be fair, that they actually (laughs) saw that. So it it wasn't the best of things, but um, I think I was just lucky to be indoors because obviously I was a funding athlete on the long list as well.
0: So with, you've, you've obviously, so you've gone to train inside and you've, or from what you've said, you've turned things around and you've qualified Mm -hmm. from the trials and you've, you've gone to Tokyo with like one of the hardest years like absolutely with COVID and everything like that so with Tokyo and I only saw a few bits and balls like everything you're putting Mm -hmm. up it was just so funny (laughs) it was literally so hilarious and I was watching loads of people at the Olympics their stories and things what was it what was it like with like masks and COVID tests and yeah Jail. Like, was it a bit of like a dead atmosphere?
1: Like, jail. What? Really? It was jail. i have never been to jail before, but it felt like prison. In comparison to being used, it's like so
2: social. Yeah
1: like, it, yeah, like, as being in Rio, we could jump in a taxi anywhere. We could do, was left to our own devices. We're all adults. So as long as you're there to compete and do what you do, need to do, you can do what you like afterwards or before, whatever your routine is. Whereas Tokyo, um, to, even to get in there, we had to do tests as soon as we got off the plane. We took We took a test 14 days before we left we had to do like um, lateral flow tests, then 96 hours we had to do a PCR test, 72 hours we had to do a PCR test. When we landed, we had to do a spit tests. That was really weird. Like just, <laughs> honestly, they were just nasty when you think about it. Is
0: that just spitting, spitting, spitting yeah,
1: in like a... spitting into a tube as oh, soon as right. we landed. Exactly. <laughs> we had to wait for that and then we could leave. We was on the app. We had to, on this app we have, um, every day we had to talk about if you had new symptoms, your temperature checks, and then you had to do a PCR every morning. So you had to fill it out every day, literally. And it was quite funny though because they said the testing was between 7 and 10 a.m. And you see Trackerfield come down at like 9.49. And that's like 9.59. <laughs> so that would be me at the end. It's like, so why was I waiting for you guys? Well, if you gave us an earlier time, yeah. we would have come. But you told us it yeah. finished at 10, yeah. so we'll be there just before 10. And um, you see all the other sports like done there, it's all professional and stuff. Like, that. Nah, Trackerfield is so like relaxed. But um, you would, we had to take a, it was like a lollipop. Well, it wasn't a lollipop attack, like just the normal ones you kind of pop your nose, yeah, but you yeah. put it on your tongue and you had to walk for 30 seconds and then put it in a tube, a test tube. So it was done every morning. You can eat or brush your teeth 30 minutes prior to doing it. Um, and then where we had dinner, there was a small, say, outdoor space. It was like, say, 30 meters with a few bikes. That was our balcony that we had. Uh, if you wanted to go for a walk, it was between 7, I think, till 10 a.m. There was an outdoor space that was about 40, maybe 50 meters. You could go for a walk and that was supervised. And that was only only in the mornings you could go on those walks. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, we could only go from, the, yeah, for us, actual buses. We went out to mixed buses. So from our bus, track and field bus, to go to the athletics track and then back. And rugby and football were also there. But um, they had their own buses. We still want to, like, honestly, even go to the same place or if they want to leave later, they couldn't do it. Had actual, your own organised bus. And then um, when it came out, because we was in a hotel and the hotel would go, we would only stop at the first floor. We couldn't go to the second floor. We couldn't go to the first or the ground floor. We had our separate stairs that we had to walk into. We were not allowed to mix with the public. Um, From the section, from outdoor, from the doors to the bus, it would come like a zebra crossing. They would stop everyone, and they would walk onto the bus. And then same vice versa. If they was walking past, we wouldn't have to go. We had to wait. It was very much like police with everything that we did, and also oh, some of the distance runners had like there was a golf course they were allowed to go onto and run, and they got a car there, and the cars were tracked. So they noticed if you would stop to go your the wrong way, you would get into trouble for it. Like you had to kind of like prove that you would literally just got lost or you was trying to find your own way. And when it comes to filling up the tank with petrol, you had to call someone to come and do it. And then someone would come and fill your tank and then leave like you wasn't allowed to leave the car. You was like literally in lockdown. You was only allowed to go to the venue and back. No mixing. Literally, that was what we did. And then Prison. when people yeah. finished their
2: event, so you just oh flown home then? Oh yeah, Shisha. after the
1: event, um, 48 hours max. If you competed in the morning, you would have left the following day unless you completed in the afternoon then you would leave like literally 48 hours max. Literally. You was you didn't we barely mixed with half the other sports by the way, because some of the sports had a different venue that they trained in and they stayed like at the university. We had a few rowers, I think they were there before we left or cycling. Um the boxers were there, weightlifting, the gymnasts. So there's a few of us that was there. Yeah. But Track and Field like we're there for like 10 days in a holding camp, whereas some of them would just fly in for two or three days and then go straight into the village. So it was like a point where it was quite busy with um a number of athletes. But then obviously it started to trickle off as time went on, obviously because track and field is like one of the biggest, I think, we were like 76 or 75 athletes and that's not obviously including staff. So um, yeah, there was a lot of us to handle, but honestly, we had a little small, um, there was only like a few tables and chairs that we could mingle with. And even then you always have to have your mask on 24-7. We had screens, sorry. That was really? a shocker. Like, so say so we're sitting down at dinner, there'll be a oh God, sorry. There'll be a screen in front of us and like you try to hear something like, oh wait, what did you say? And like try and obviously you get a mask and like wait, put it down, we can't on. hear nothing. It was like proper. You had to wipe down everything that you use. Wasn't that When We got our food serving of a um served ourselves, the uh, the colleagues would do it. Or so the, the hotel staff would do it and there was a screen for them as well. Like we did not mix at all with any of the public. Like there was all we saw was British people.
0: And obviously the opening ceremony oh you, yeah we don't you go weren't to allowed there. to go no we're, but we no never all. go though do you not
1: no track and field doesn't we're like this, the end of the first week beginning of the second mm-hmm. so it's very much like oh. we're not in the holding camp I mean so we're still in the holding camp we're not in the village you're not there yeah so that's the only reason why we don't go and usually like in Rio they put on a we went to a hotel and they put on a little parade for us we paraded around the pool we all got dressed up in the kit and it was nice they were at the cinema room and we watched the team come out but this year was just like yeah Nothing. Nothing. They didn't nothing. Organize, like, nothing.
0: Is that quite hard? I mean, you did so well at these games. We'll go into that in a sec. But was it was it hard to kind of get yourself up for it?
1: It was because it was like, are we? What are we here for? Like, it felt yeah. like it was just a normal like. So now, I just went to Switzerland, it felt like one of those meets. Like, I just went to Switzerland for a weekend, well, for two days, and then competed and then left. It, that's exactly how it felt. Had I not done the relay, it would have It would have been more because it was obviously I got to stay there for the rest of the week and basically we left the day before the final date but it was very much mm, what what is this like you didn't you didn't realize it was the Olympics until you kind of mixed with other teams when it was at the holding camp and then when you go to the village then you realize okay it's an Olympics but you the, the feeling just wasn't there it was it was i mean they tried but they didn't yeah, yeah so it was a bit sad
0: and it it kind of it kinda came across that way watching it on T V, didn't it, as well? Like we loved I loved watching it this year mm-hmm. because I did feel it's what the country needs, it's what everyone needed, yeah. the morale and mm-hmm. like watching sport and things like that. But it was when you're looking at the stadium and mm-hmm. empty. And no one's in it. So was empty. there no no like was there fake claps? Did no, they put on fake I didn't even know because no, we even had, they had um, football, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they like, should have done that. I, don't really <laughs> heard
1: that. I don't we had the commentators. Um, Catherine Mary was on it and um, I felt like she was only speaking to us like yeah. she was just telling yeah. us who's like, who, this one's next to you Asha that one's <laughs> on the yeah. other side oh, that's, that's literally how it felt it didn't wow. feel like it was a a thing but we didn't you don't notice it when we were on the track so when we're running it's like a blur for us so yeah we, if I'm hearing crowds that's when you know I'm not running fast enough if you hear silence then that's great but um, yeah it wasn't we didn't notice it. Okay, as an athlete, you would not feel it. But when you're sitting down watching it, yeah. you'll be like, what on earth go is well. this? But then for the sprints, the, the final, they had put on a really good light show and it was amazing. But they didn't do it for any other event. So that didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it just, it, it, I don't know. Because then again, I just went to Switzerland, as I just said, but there was a crowd and it was just insane. Like, wow, it's so, it feels like people around us again. Yeah. But then when you go to the Olympics, it was, I think you would have given an extra more boost as much as we don't notice a crowd, we would have felt them, and it, when you know, like my whole family would have been there, it would have been like a great feel. But we come into a job, and it's like you're just so focused that you don't even notice it. So it has pros and cons for us, but we just feel, like you said, for the whole morale, for everyone to just get a big boost of something. But plus, they said it was in a state of emergency. I wouldn't say that was a lie, but obviously, each country has a different type mm-hmm. of state of emergency. But they, it wasn't that bad because where our, our holding camp was was only, say, about 40 minutes um, away from the village itself. They had a stadium for baseball and they had a crowd. Really? So we were really confused. Yeah, so it's like, no, these people could be here. It's not like we're mixing with them. There was yeah. a block. But yes, that was a shame. So do you feel like,
2: for you, that the crowds don't affect your performance?
1: Uh, If it was a home crowd, yes. A home crowd is like the UK... Like Switzerland, the UK and Germany know how to support, like scream, shout, like it's, it's a nice feeling. Um, so I feel like if it was a UK meet, then I, you wouldn't notice the difference. Mm. But I think just because you, you just knew what to expect, you prepared yourself. There's going to be no crowd. It's going to be silent. And throughout the year, we've had quiet meets anyway, so it wasn't brand new to me. So for my first indoor meet in Germany... Like, that's why I, knew, I noticed it was weird. Like, on the start line, I, I felt it was fine. The gun goes, you're so focused. But as soon as I was walking out the venue to turn around and look, okay, oh, what's on now before I leave? I felt like I was watching a kid. Like, all of it kids meet. it's felt like <laughs> it, it was that bad. It was just, like, it, just Everyone just running around and said, it was a distance. Well, I don't even know what event, probably like 3K. They were running around thinking, what is this? Like, I was like, yeah. this cannot be real. Like, that, that's when I noticed, oh, there isn't a crowd. It felt, you could hear them mm-hmm. running Fair. on the track. Yeah. And I thought, that's when you know it's serious. It's a bit boring. I I wouldn't even want to watch my own I, I would rather watch it on TV. It gives you more of like, okay, this is a yeah, real a real thing. Yeah.
2: There's a few other things that were different with this Olympics, I think as well, wasn't it? They did some of the like mixed relay teams in oh, other yeah, sports and yeah, stuff. The the that was first quite time. interesting to watch because I think I watched the there was like a triathlon one at the very very start where they did a mixed as well.
1: Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the like, mixed mix that it was
2: on and off the bike that was quite cool to watch. I mean, that was a longer event, because so it was like two hours. Oh. But even that was quite cool to see because you get the different dynamics of where. The females and yeah. males up to them kind of strategically where people are yeah. being placed with other parts as well. So that was quite a cool thing to see. And I guess again when we're looking at genders within mm-hmm. sport, I was quite cool to see the kind of mixture and how so How did control. you see
1: all this stuff? Because we had terrible <sighs> footage, let's just say. We didn't know what we was watching after things, that like we couldn't see anything. And even when it came to our TVs, we'll flick through the channels of what's on, it was all in silence. Like it was like you'd only hear like what was happening at the track or so if you watched another video you could just only hear the water like you could only hear there there was like no It's not even in Japanese it was nothing really yeah it was bad
0: I, I feel it was quite good this year which is why I think a lot of people enjoyed it because every, it was on channel one wasn't it yeah. mm. Olympic highlights every day all day oh. so they were picking different sports okay. every hour every half hour they were switching they were going back to the hub mm. was it where they were all talking about the sports they mm. I was why I so I loved that. <laughs> I thought that was actually really good. Though I had no idea you. Yeah, we were struggling. You guys couldn't. We were struggling. Which like I it. bet is a bit shit, isn't it? I mean,
1: because they did can't... give us a, like an, um, a login to watch SkyGo and stuff, but even then it wasn't like if I wanted to watch something like my friends competing, yeah. like we couldn't watch them. We had to go for different avenues or channels. It was just it was a lot. It really was a lot.
2: Yeah. So with with that whole. Um... Mixture of genders and stuff within the the different categories There's mm-hmm. obviously a big one in in weightlifting as well with oh, yeah. Laura Hubbard. There's a lot of controversy around that because they thought there's going to. So we we spoke up quite a few different times, didn't we? And we had uh, another transgender athlete on called Alex mm-hmm. from, from Gymshark as well, who we spoke to okay, was talking yeah. about doing different roles. And there's there's obviously a lot of positives and negatives in in the media, and I think there's mm-hmm. been a lot of changes or looking at a lot of changes even after that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I suppose it's difficult. It's it's a bit of a strange grey area yeah. time at the moment isn't it for sport to see kind of what's going to happen moving forward
1: because you get a lot of, well we have a lot of say hermaphrodites in track and obviously they were born well with both
2: is it like intersexual is it where you have the the male and female gender? yeah Yeah.
1: so it's hard to tell someone oh you must run for, you must be a boy you must be a girl but then you're too fast to be a girl you're too slow to be a boy it's difficult I don't know how the world is going to move with it like obviously because this is this is people this is people's bodies and obviously people that are um transgender and stuff i don't know how they would go about it but i feel like it's only been thrown negative it was only been negative into sports because it's just new mm-hmm. and no one expects it because obviously was that the way that the new zealand wait that's what you're talking about yes la, 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 yeah because yeah. yeah. obviously people say that you've been a man for so long then how can and you was a weightlifter then how can you possibly be a female, like so. I see both sides. It's just I don't know. Everyone's saying, do they need a separate Olympics? Do they need their own ch- championships well, and yeah. stuff? Yeah, but um, I wouldn't know.
2: Yeah,
1: it's I because I, I see in the track how there's these two young girls and how Casasamenia was treated. Yes, and I feel like they're still human beings at the end of the day. Like that's still someone's child. I always make people know that is somebody's child. You're just talking about like be nice, and um, I just don't think they handled her situation well. Not at all. Um. So, I, I, there has to be an avenue because it's there's more people that are finding out their sexual, um, well, their sexuality. And then again, I think it's a lot of African countries that don't know. It's like you only know until you start competing, and then when you get tested, oh, you have both. But at the time, they didn't know that. So it's like you can't blame someone for not knowing for their whole entire life, or if they've been brought up as a female, how are you going to now? Tell them, oh no, it's, you can't run as school, you must take these mm. hormones. It's quite rough. And mm-hmm. um, I just hope that they come with some sort of solution. So everyone is on the same playing field and it's accepted. Because to trash someone like that, like just because you were born a certain type of way, it's just like, it's
2: harsh. I mean, that's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because like people are talking about things so Then it's mm-hmm. not, for example, we spoke about before, it's not Laurel Hubbard's fault. She's just following her passion yeah. of what she wants mm-hmm. to do but obviously it's the kind of impact it has on on female sport and it's not that individual it's, mm-hmm. it's the kind of status of what it stands for It's like you yeah. said it's, it's difficult and I think it's the same with Zikasa as well who yeah. I think she sort of tried to appeal it didn't she or something she did yeah, she
1: fought, I, She went through a lot Yeah, like they had on hormones and stuff oh like I, I, it's just it's not nice yeah. but I understand like there's both sides like you have got just people that were just born and raised were well, born a female born a male and it's like, okay, well, we can't do what you do. You're obviously going to be stronger than us. But I get it. But it's, I don't know how they can. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. You,
2: you'll see that as well. Like, the, I'm, I'm guessing you'll sometimes run with the guys and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. They were doing they were pulling some research up in regards to women's times. And then there was 16, and 17-year-old boys in college in America running the same time as the female times. And they were, that's what they're trying to compare. Saying, mm-hmm. It just isn't. The same thing, and we can, yeah. it's just going to spoil female sport if that if that eventually mm. happens, and it seeps into all avenues of of the Olympics, and that's why. Potentially, we spoke about the same thing about having that separate group for yeah. three part to create that equality. And I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? There's nothing I don't think you can absolutely say this is the answer to mm-hmm. this is what's going on, and we're in this world and society where things are changing so quickly, and we've never dealt with this kind of thing before it's, in sport yeah. or any other avenue. Mm-hmm. So it's it's difficult to kind of say this is the avenue it needs to go down.
1: I just feel like um, like everyone's sexuality is moving faster than how sport is moving. Mm -hmm. So it's like they just need to level up and try and move together so everyone's accepted and everyone gets a chance. Because I don't feel like, oh, just because you've changed, you can't compete. I just feel like it's just going to be a bit difficult for you to compete in a new gender just because you've been something else um, for a number of previous years. Mm -hmm. So say if you was a male for 30 years and then now you want to compete for a women's sport, I don't feel like I have a problem with it. I just feel like you just need to... Give them time to create an avenue yeah. for your sexuality. It's
0: also really hard as well because with Laurel, she didn't end up competing. She didn't get her lifts. She yeah. missed the lifts. I
2: think the, the thing is, what, and what I speak about, We forgot the Chris yesterday on the podcast we did that. I think Laurel is like the third oldest Olympian to compete in that category and she had a major injury two years before. Mm. So if you had someone who was fresh, 25 yeah. years old, come into that category who'd been a male for a long period of time it's going to be a different story to when Mm -hmm. Laurel did it and there probably would have been a a greater impact on the news afterwards of what would have came out of her I also Mm -hmm. think
0: though for her uh, her mental health
2: oh yeah she she was was she was like a scapegoat Mm -hmm. yeah and
0: I you you don't you can't put yourself in that position Mm -hmm. how hard that must have been to be on and like you said it it was pretty negative Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of that I was think it was great for the trans those. community
2: from from just speaking to other people and stuff and the news that was coming out of that I don't think I think there's far more negatives that came of it although the what they were trying to do was probably a positive thing for mm-hmm. for transgender in sport but I just feel like it wasn't potentially done in the right way
1: there's always going to be a first and a first never yeah, gets to the world so it's just it's, at least she's opened the doors yeah. and people want to start talking about it and then hopefully in the next four years there'll be something better or for the next generation to come in because she's not going to be the only person. There's going to be other several yeah, yeah. transgender oh, sure. children coming through and then it's like, okay, this person did it so that means I can do it. So it's just, like I said, the sexuality and sport just needs to move in sync right about now. Yeah. It's just, they're just not matching up. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. Um, I have a question. I was going to mm-hmm. ask this for but then we, we changed topics a bit. <laughs> With your racing, do you have some sort of pre-race ritual didn't you say Harry had a weird thing he does?
2: Harry, when I spoke to Harry, just so they have a mackie and kind of jump up and down really high, like yeah, he does. Just <laughs> that yeah. thing where he like yeah, yeah, shoots and yeah. Up yeah, in yeah. The air,
0: but do you have a wet, or when you're running or a pre-post, is there like a little something?
1: Uh, I feel like there is. I thought well, the night before I make sure my staff's all packed, so I don't stress in the morning. Everything's laid out, iron all good to go. And then when I get dressed, I always put my left shoe on first for some reason. Now I don't know why. But Ooh, now but it's you, like, I always do yeah, it. Yeah, you
0: can't not now. And I'm
1: a, right, I'm a righty all the time, so I always go right in everything else. But when it comes to my spikes, I put my left one on first. I think even when I go to the gym now, I put my, my left, left shoe, shoe first. On. I don't know why I do it. But that's a thing for me now.
0: The ritual. Superstitious. Mm. Yes, yeah, yes, everyone wants to, to be an Olympic sprinter, put your left, <laughs> your left shoe <laughs> on first. Wouldn't yeah. work for me, yeah. left
2: shoe. But Harry mentioned before this as well, and he was saying one of the things to bring up is that you have a terrible taste in, mu- in music. I so- do not. Has it called? something called soccer?
1: Soccer. I don't believe Sorry. it's a terrible choice of music. <laughs> I just believe that <laughs> Harry and I have been brought up differently.
2: <laughs> well, I've heard Harry take some music, and it's it's not great anyway. Yeah,
1: so. I, I do like his South African house. That's not bad that he plays. That's a bit of his Afro beats. Mm. But harry that like got a wide range of stuff. But I do like so because I'm a Caribbean girl and I like love the Caribbean. Obviously, it's kind of a weekend as it would have been bank holiday. So I had a great weekend. Even though I did race, I still had a love that. wonderful um, outing with my family. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's very Caribbean. Let's just say that. It's just very upbeat and great. Energy. A lot of energy. Big energy. And, yeah.
0: And I am assuming, and I know I saw it anyway, but the energy that you had with your three other girls when you were doing that relay mm-hmm. if you're comparing like a single event to a relay is there one that you prefer or like even at Tokyo's Games how would you say because I know you did an Instagram post about your uh, semi-final and things like that and you were a little bit disappointed with with your race how how was it this year I guess with the actual races that you went and did and obviously you meddled in the 4 by one
1: um, to even make the the Olympics was not say so a surprise but I definitely had struggled, so I wasn't running fast for like the whole year. So mm-hmm. the times that I did in the Olympics, I mean, I just I knew I should have done better by then, but I just hadn't for some reason. And someone, uh, one of the athletes, even asked us because they said, "How do you run your individual and then have to pick yourself back up to go and run a relay a couple of days later?" Bearing in mind you've gone through so much emotions, highs, lows, the energy, the the, the stress, because it's it's not easy going through two rounds. We're uh, just like. The fastest girls in the world, let's just say, and like this is your you build your moment up. This comes up every four years or three years for the next one. everyone keeps telling me, but it was like such a massive build up, and it was so exhausting. And then I don't know how you pick yourself up to go. Okay, God, cool, I got to do this again. You got to do the whole warm up. Like the season isn't finished. You just have to keep going. But it's just all a mental thing. If you tell yourself you can do it, you can. And I feel like that makes now I finished racing. Like had I just stayed stronger and said okay I can go until September because normally I will go to mid September. But I said no, I've not had the best year. Let me just cut it now. But, um, you know, it's the relay's a bit of fun. And it's like, let so say it's less stress because a final was still a final at the end of the day. Yeah. And no one, like, you want to be there, but you don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so the heat was perfectly fine. I was um, talking to the girl, who I, Armani, I passed the baton to her and I was making jokes with one of the Dutch girls. So we was all having, like, great banter. Like, it was all smiley, giggly. And then the final comes and you're like, oh, okay, silence. I just, I go quiet. And I tell the girls, please don't talk to me unless it's necessary. But even then you get separated. So you've you're in your leg one, leg two. So everyone like you're just sitting there in a, a line with all the other foreigners and you just I just sit there. Like I'm probably best don't talk to me just because too much talking will only take away a lot of my energy. And like you try to make small jokes and like try and get the like the group to mm-hmm. when we are together before just before we walk out, just make each other smile or whatever. But even then I just go quiet. And at like me, I'm like the bubbliest one. Like I'm, like not say the the mother hen, but I am at like the big sister that everyone comes to and we mess around, we have fun. But at that moment, I'm like, yeah, this is just let's be quiet. Thanks. Like talk to me if you need to talk to me. But then I make a small joke and then I go back to being quiet. And then I'll make a joke. and Okay, go back to being quiet. Cause this is Olympic final. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not gonna get. This yeah, you gotta
0: probably keep telling yeah. yourself, being like, Stress. you're literally at the Olympics.
1: And you got first leg. You can't full start. I'm touched with that. This, this, that can't happen. <laughs> You have the button, and you You're have to give the you always first like aren't you that's yeah. your yeah. I, I never used to be as a youth I used to be last and then one of the coaches put me first and I never went back since and I feel really? like that's just, I'm just happy with it though because I passed the baton yeah. and that's a you problem Jump now guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just I know yeah yeah that's, them, that's all yeah. you guys you, I mean I trust them yeah. but yeah. I've done it now so I've done what I needed to do okay yeah. now you guys can carry it around and then we train really well I can trust these girls now we've we've grown since obviously 2012 we didn't have a, a team uh well that was not say I was still a junior say a, a mini junior come back from the injury so I was in and out of the sport still but um when we didn't have a team there I thought they had to you know put some funding and some effort back into the relay teams and then ever since then Rio 2016 we've just been getting medals 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 yeah. so it was a good thing that they did that we've been working really hard so the team is like we you can put trust any of the girls on any of the legs now it's that solid and we're top three now. We could say um, it fluctuates from America, Jamaica, and us. It, I mean, we still haven't had our gold yet, but it's close. And I know the think we could have a gold was a bit far fetched because got the you know the, the top the three fastest women alive practically at the moment yeah. on that leg. So we was expecting a world record from them, but um, you know just to probably get seconds <laughs> would have been nice. We just run enough na- another national record to get that, but um, no, it was nice. It was it's a great experience being with. Other girls you can like for the rest of your life, like, oh okay, I did this with these girls. And you can mm. talk about it. it's like a moment that you're bonded for. And it is it's a great feeling. As much as you would like an individual medal as well, but when you it's a team effort and you watch the bat and get round and you watch some the last leg like, run across the line, you go oh, he's got a medal. Like and then obviously you bring it home and everyone's so excited about it. Cause you guys don't see obviously the stresses behind us doing all the sports, just the hard work, the arguments behind the scenes or like who doesn't get to run, this person get to run, I've worked hard, this person didn't get picked. Um just the year of just the stress that you went into like everyone's like thinking but well, aren't you guys excited we are excited but we're just exhausted at the same time like we finally did it but we're tired like yeah. how did we manage to get through that far and just come back with another medal Like, and especially knowing that our changeovers were you know nail biting moments like did we get it in we're not sure so we're not working at the line thinking did we get the cued no okay
0: what, just keep waiting just keep waiting <laughs> what's classed as a as a DQ on a relay obviously if you drop it
1: if you drop it if you don't get it in between 30 what's meters it? yeah it is and the thing is you don't you don't like the matrix you know when you've got those calculations <laughs> yeah. I swear to you that is what I go through <laughs> in those moments you don't understand like she's run off now and you're thinking okay has she gone off too fast has she gone off early? Has she done this? Has she done that? Blah blah this. But and honestly, they say it's the in going runners' um, fault if anything happens anyway. Because if you don't get that button, you meant to call early to let her know yeah. or like shout and like it was even better because she could hear me because there was no crowd. Switzerland. I shouted her name. She didn't hear me, and I was like, "Kenny, like I will say your full government name if I have to." <laughs> because <laughs> um, I shouted out hand in Switzerland and obviously she put her hand back. she didn't hear me I was like by then I've now run up like too close to her and then she said and then she finally heard me shout hand and then it's like oh the hand the button goes in I'm like trying to shove it in here yeah. but whereas obviously there's meant to be a space and you're meant to reach for it but obviously she could hear me I think in Tokyo but um, honestly you have got so much calculations when you feel like can I catch her I don't think I can catch her but you've got to stay positive you can't back off you've got to do this and it's just going and then you've got 30 metres it's like I don't know how many seconds that is but you have to make the right decision at that right moment.
2: And she's running fucking hard as well. Yeah, she she's gone going. out. She's gone. Yeah.
1: So you like, not do that shot stop. you shout if you know you can't catch her. You shout hand early. Then when you realise that her hand's still there, then she will understand that I'm not there, and yeah. she'd like to start to slow down. Mm. It's like a, a a communication that you guys have. It's like a a bond, a
2: chemistry. Yeah, thing, that,
1: yeah, that is a massive chemistry because bear in mind we'll do it at training and we'll get the bat around round all the time in training, but you'll just never understand when things go wrong. And so we've got a new girl on the team. Um, but she ran the two hundred metres. And then when we're trying to teach her to do, she's done relays before, but not so much at such a high level Mm -hmm. before. And she's been thrown in the deep end several times, but you can only learn whilst you're on the job. So the amount of times you do training, it's like the ones we get wrong are the ones you want to learn from because, Mm -hmm. you know, what to do next. Okay. Oh, I get it. And I understand because you don't want too many people talking to you in your head like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. It's like, no, there's too much information. I'm like, Beth, just take a deep breath. Mm go around again and see how that one goes and then whatever you take your notes and figure out what went well and what went wrong and then work from it from there and then she would understand oh I went too hard or I did this I should have done that or I said called hand too early because you want them to get off at a certain point and then like because if they got off too slow or they didn't go off like on time you want them to get a bit of speed and then pass the baton so it's all these conversations you're having with yourself and just watching the person in front you got to know where their hand goes or their hand always go high does it always drop like because they could be doing this and you've got to learn how to just really just push in the bat and honestly training I hate cutting the baton because that practice of slamming a baton into your hand all the time it's horrible so I'm glad I don't have to do I mean I do sometimes during the warm up but uh, I don't like doing that part
0: Have you Have you ever been at a super high competition where it's been dropped?
1: Uh, So we you know the Diamond League in it used to be in Crystal Palace before it moved to the Olympic Stadium. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was like third leg and I think I just had a panic attack and I just um I was like sort a junior, they had all these big girls running into me and I just wasn't listening. I think I don't know if my body said, Asha, no, you're not doing this, even though and I just did the, the button, yeah, the button just didn't get round. I just I think I just panicked as a child. When I look back at it, I was just really terrified. But that was my only moment. But it hasn't happened since, thank God. Because um, I'm in control now. So I you know. You probably it's going learned to that. from that yeah. anyway, didn't you? Yeah. Thinking, wow,
0: don't want yeah. that to happen again. Never. No. And learning from Yeah. Yeah, wow. I did not realise it was that calculated. <laughs> no. All we had to do with swimming was make sure that hand touches Touch. the wall yeah. before you dive off to not to get DQ. Just high
2: five and that's about it. Mm. High
0: five and go.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ours wasn't as stressful. Yeah.
2: So one of the one of the things we were speaking about yesterday was people who are successful who have to make sacrifices and I'm mm-hmm. sure as one of the most successful female athletes on earth you will have had to make mm-hmm. sacrifices through your career. What sort of things do you feel like compared to an everyday person who's maybe working nine mm-hmm. to five, things that you potentially have to sacrifice or give up in your life and potentially those things that you kind of wish you would have maybe had mm-hmm. more of and, and obviously like you give that up for a reason because you're mm-hmm. successful athlete and you enjoy and you love doing sport but we were talking about yesterday with another guest of kind of those risks and sacrifice you have to make in order to become mm-hmm. successful that people potentially think that they want to be at that level but then don't realize kind of the, the iceberg of all that stuff that that really leads up to being at that level as well.
1: So I had a psychologist well sports psychologist I think everyone needs anyone in life needs a psychologist <laughs> I'd agree yeah um and we spoke one time and she said and I always I actually hold this dearly to my heart we never make it's never a sacrifice because it's always a negative word. So we turn it into we make choices. I feel I like, like okay, I get you understand. So it's not um like I sacrificed eating a chocolate bar for this race. So no, I made a choice to not eat that chocolate bar because I know it would help mm-hmm. my career. I never use a chocolate bar, but that just seems to be that thing at the moment. But um so I never say the word sacrifice anymore just because I feel like it stresses me. But I feel the choices that I've made, obviously I moved to my coach, he was in Loughborough when I first went. And now, like I said, I'm a London girl. Don't Mm want to leave. Uh, If it's a couple of weeks for a training camp, then I can come back home. But I went to Loughborough for three years and that was an experience just because obviously I didn't go to uni there. So it was like I had to make friends Mm -hmm. or find a different environment. And like I said, I'm at home, but I couldn't just go home. Even though it was like a two-hour journey, it was just too much every weekend to keep doing. Um, So that was a decision I made, a choice. And uh, it was tough because um, my niece was... She know like she was three or four at the time, and then um, we, we were like she's like my baby like I go I used to take her everywhere she's a spoiler, and um, when I went I just feel like she just kind of forgot about me like she just grew up and like mm-hmm. I wasn't her number one anymore or like my nephew so he was when I was at like, my mum's at time he was still living with us um, every morning he used to come and give me a kiss before I left to go before he went to nursery every day without. Bail. He'd wake me up, climb on my face, give me a kiss, and then leave. And then that like, I missed out on all those kisses, and um, he then started to favor my other cousin. Like he would like call her all the time. I'm like, oh, so my babies don't really want me anymore. <laughs> so that would that that hurt me because when I tell you that these are my kids, that they are mine. Like I would raise them. Like if they're, if they're, my brother or my sister weren't about, I would take them on board because that's how much I love um, my nieces and nephews. So when I missed out on those three years, I think that hurt me a lot knowing that I wasn't their number one anymore. So I have to, like, bribe them with other things. <laughs> but uh, I think those are the hardest things I think I have to make. When I go to, like, training camps and stuff, that's not so bad. I do miss out on birthdays. So my cousin's getting actually married next year. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm out. I can go. And obviously, I mean, I would, I'm going to be a bridesmaid. So I think I'm going to make the decision to say I'm not going to go on a training camp mm-hmm. and stay at home and go for her wedding. And I'm hoping that my group will go to Europe for a training camp rather than America, so then I can just travel back and forth, and that would be easier. Yeah. Whereas if I was in America, I couldn't just jump on a plane and just come back with Portugal for training there. Mm-hmm. That's what a two-hour flight. If that, and it's it's just easy in and out, and I can I can just literally just go back. But so that's another conversation I have with my coach. I said, oh, she's getting married. I can't miss it. So sorry, but usually we go to America to start racing because it's a big year next year, and the season's gonna start earlier than it would be later. So it's all these decisions, and they're hard. They're tough choices and it's like, can I not do this to make that or can I do that to do this? And it's like, you have to really have a conversation with yourself. Okay, how bad do you want this? How bad do you mm-hmm. want that? What are your priorities? What do you put first? And it's all about just planning and I think I work well with planning. Only because um, if I say I've got to do this, this, this and this, it would all work out well and it's it's great. Now I can understand how I'm in control because there's certain things you're not in control of. And I think you have to learn that. So when you're in a race, you can't control what anyone else is doing in that. You just have to learn what you can do. And I've learned that I have to really zone into that and just focus on what I can do for myself as an athlete as my, or for my profession. What is good for me and how would I work with it and push forward with it? So if I can't go to this event, I can only apologise. I'll be like, obviously upset, but... I'm sorry I have to do it for my um, my sport. So my family know I've missed out on so many things. Like I said, we're very close and they will understand it now. Even though, like, because, oh, you're always away. Why don't you ever be here? Didn't like that breaks your heart. And I think I'm yeah. even a mom and I, I'm feeling when they're telling me, I'm sorry, I try, I can't do everything. But um, you just have to really make the best decision. And you said, it's only for a short period in life mm-hmm. because sport is not going to last forever. Yeah. I've probably got three, four years max left. I say max. I don't think I'll go any further just because I want to try a new adventure maybe I've done sports since I could walk but everyone's like you want to stop too well and plus I don't want to leave injured or leave on someone else's terms yeah. like that injury made me leave trampolining and I still wish would, shoulda woulda coulda kind of thing about it and I don't want to do up with track so I want to make sure I could you know leave with all my well, a smile let's just say mm-hmm. And um, so I want to give it all. Like if I have to not go to your birthday party or not go to this wedding or not do so, well, I'm sorry. Like, well, you know what I do for a living. You could have decided. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to say you should work it around me. I mean, I'm not a princess or anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wish that they could make, uh, just just think about me in their decision making. Yeah. Like I know she's probably going for hindu. I'm like, well, I'm definitely going. If you're going board, don't ask me to come. Like you can't have your wedding and the hindu. Now you have to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. Yeah. one, yeah. just one. So, yeah, so, but then I'm okay to, to miss out on certain things yeah. and I can accept that because I know I paid for my friend's wedding before and I missed out on her. Oh, I'm sorry, I paid for the her hand and I lost out on that and not going. But at least, I mean, I paid just to see if I could try. No, I'm mm. always like, if I'm that trial, like, maybe yes, we can do this. But if I can't, I tried.
2: Yeah. But
1: yeah. mostly, you, I have to learn to put myself first because I never do that. I always put someone before me. And there was always my family first. I would mean, imagine, how do they feel? How does someone else feel? I never, I remember because I'm a nice person and I think some people say my kindness or weakness as well uh, that I would always put someone else before me. And I thought like, no, when I said, okay, it's about me now. This is my Olympic career. Like, thankfully I did it because obviously I made the championships. But like I said, I've only got that many, a few more years left. So why am I going to give someone else the opportunity to, Well, why, yeah, why am I giving myself, giving someone the opportunity to kind of like dampen on it? Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I should like, you know what? You'll see them when you think. My mom always said to me, Ashley, when you turn thirty or forty, they're still gonna have the same parties that they're having back in the day. They're still gonna play the same music. They're still gonna do this." And thinking, "Well, you're right. I'm here now, yeah. <laughs> and I can see it." <laughs> so um, that's why I just, I, I just put myself forward, make my decisions for myself, for my career, and then hopefully everything alongside it will just it will be there. If I can go, I can. I can. If I can't, I can't. That's so important. We have yeah.
2: about this before, and there's that old saying of you should treat your neighbour how you'd want to be treated yes. but I think that so many people should treat themselves how they would treat other people mm-hmm. because we're often just a massive yeah. dick to ourselves and we never yeah. look after ourselves first so I think that's really important. The other thing that's interesting is, and I'm quite curious about is, do you say you have a sports psychologist as mm-hmm. well? How often are you in contact with them and like, does that, do, do all athletes have a sports psychologist? And
1: mm, I don't think all athletes have one but I believe that they should. Uh, I have been working with one for this whole year and I speak to her once a week. My aunt is a qualified psychologist herself and she says, no, I think you need about three times a week. I'm thinking, oh God, wow, you got to about three times a week. <laughs> I thought like, what can you talk about? Like, yeah. I spoke to about like, two days ago, how much more can you do? But um, I think they are the best thing. I wish I had it when I did my knee but I think because that's when I like sunk into like a really bad place. Cause mm-hmm. like, I'm very much outgoing. It took a while for me to bring back that confidence and that bubbly person. Um, but a psychologist, I feel like cause we believe we can do everything by ourselves. And that saying that it takes a village to raise a, a village to raise a child, I believe it is true. Mm-hmm. And I'm same. I still may be an adult, but I'm still somebody else's child. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that I need my village, I need um I call it an energy bus book. I've I've read this book and I believe everything is like, I'm on this bus and I need someone to be my wing mirror, someone to help me fix my tyres. I need someone to be my blind spot, And I feel you need that. And sometimes you get annoyed with your tyre and you need to have a word with that tyre. How do I have a word with this (laughs) tyre? You go and talk to your psychologist and she'll help you talk about it and you um, discuss things that you probably wouldn't talk to anybody else on this bus about um, because not everyone would understand. So my aunt always thinks... um, no, so, so my family are teachers and they might have a problem with one of their teachers. they like, well, why don't you just tell them off or tell them about themselves or do something to, you know, get them off your back. With oh, you can't do this protocol, this, this, that, and the other. And then same way someone will tell me, oh, Asha, you maybe should do this, you should be doing this, you should be that. I said, well, you're not here. Like, this is a different world. Like, I can't tell you what to do for your profession because you don't know how to do it with my profession. So you have to learn, like, some things may help. We can discuss it. But I'd rather you talk about it rather than you tell me what to do in my job yeah. because you don't know what I have to go through 24 seven. This is my daily basis. This is my day to day thing. So I need you to understand from my point of view and how, how my, my work is. So when it comes to psychologists, I just feel she, she kind of just, she never, obviously never tells, she never tells me what to do, but you know, when you're offloading and you kind of understand and she kind of guides you in a way to make your own decision and, figure out your own things and I think that's what we need because we bottle up so much and we never talk about it and I think as we get older our mental health is so important especially with social media right now and everyone thinking oh we should be this oh I should have what she's having and this that and the other when you're like no this is your lane and this is how like, I might not be blessed in like having the fastest car or a nice big house and other athletes but I'm blessed in having a great family or you know being able to run faster and make a championships and some people haven't so you've got to learn how to just obviously bring it back to yourself again and obviously just talk to her and I'm saying her because she's a female mm. but, um, but yeah I, I would advise a psychologist to everyone mm-hmm. because even when it comes to like say our partners or whoever I wouldn't even offload to everyone close to me yeah. but I would offload to her so my mom gets a bit upset because I talk to my aunt more than I talk to her about things because she's my mom. I'm yeah. like, mum, but your mum. I can't, <laughs> yeah, I can't give uh, yeah, I, yeah. I can't give you that. But I'll give her some dips and drabs, but I'll go to my aunt because not saying my mum isn't qualified, she's a qualified counselor too. But my aunt just has that, that edge and she'll tell me. Same way one of my other counselors, my other counselors, she kinda has what my aunt has. And I'll talk to her about things. But it's just it's a good thing. I think athletes do need it because mm-hmm. it's hard. We go to a championship so we perform like I did perform the, the best way I wanted to. Yeah, I've got a medal in the relay. But if I'm talking about my individual performance, I didn't do as well as I should have. It's like you work so hard for these eleven seconds, and then it's just like it's gone, just like that. Okay, cool. On to next championships, and I didn't perform how I wanted to. And it's like, okay, how do I pick myself up from that? So same way of picking myself up from performing badly, watching everyone else perform well, and then I got to go and do a relay now. It's like, how do I deal with that? Mm-hmm. You ha- you need to talk to someone about it because me bottling it up and saying, "Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine," when you're not fine, and they're always saying, "How are you? Are you fine?" It, it's always a lie, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's just talking to someone about it, offloading, and you know, as soon as I've offloaded, I feel like I'm a brand new person. Like honestly, I've said what I need to say, and I'm like, oh, I feel good now. Okay, yeah, I can start the day. Yeah, and that's what you need. You need to offload to someone, someone that's not going to judge you, just to listen. And it's always just someone that's wants to. I don't need to talk, just to listen to what I've got to say. Yeah. So I, I would advise therapy for everybody.
2: I think that's so important. What you just touched on there, like so, so, mm-hmm. so important, because. Personally, I can only imagine how difficult, mm-hmm. difficult it is in your shoes, because we talk about a lot of the time when people are using social media to compare themselves to other people and mm-hmm. how often comparisons are fee for joy. Yeah. Your job is literally to compare times and yeah. performances to other people, which can, <laughs> yeah. must be so mentally draining. And especially for people going through the time of COVID and stuff, and me and Lucy have been very open about um, having a therapist over mm-hmm. like the last year and how amazing it's been for us. just has been able to... Have someone to not
0: prefer- a couples therapist. <laughs> <laughs> We've had not, separate not, therapists. Not just
2: yet. Hasn't gone that bad. Uh, but having someone to a professional listener to speak yes. to makes such a difference. Yeah. And um, I think because the industry that we work in on social media and stuff is you're constantly looking at the hyper elite mm-hmm. and comparing, to, and that that applies to us as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're why we're very transparent to other people about it because if it helps one else resonate. Yeah. or late then I think it can help them and it's just so nice to hear it from mm. someone of of your level of athlete as well kind of yeah. go through those things mm-hmm. and how important it is for you to have that other person on the other side to just sit there and listen yeah. And obviously it was it was a big thing in this Olympics as well wasn't it with I think it was it Biles the gymnast who oh, yeah, yeah, ended yeah. up pulling yeah. out Yes, yeah and, yeah, and it mm-hmm. obviously opened up a whole discussion about mental health as well yeah. how important it is Um, again there's always kind of Two, two different camps whenever big decisions are made like that and I, you see some horrible things online and comments that people mm-hmm. make and she's, she's a top level athlete she shouldn't be doing stuff like that she shouldn't be pulling out it's a disgrace and, mm-hmm. and like she's a young female who's mm-hmm. at the end of the day above all else like we just said a human being not just an athlete and the yeah. way that people get treated yeah. even after that when she's in a vulnerable position already I just can't even it's hard co- comprehend her
1: Jill, I think people forget because um... It's like, okay, if you took an end, so bring back bring to the teacher, if you do make a mistake or you're sick, you can take a day off. We can't. Like mm. you said, you've gone to the championships and they're saying, you're not going to take a day off today because you're about to go and compete at the Olympics. But you said you're not mentally there and you can't physically do mm. it. And it's just like, how can you tell someone that's not well, I say not well, as in they're just not ready. They're, they're not mentally ready to compete. Like you can't force someone to do that. But so why should you force someone to go to work if they can't do that? Like it's, it's unfair and different jobs are just very different because we're in the public eye and she's got how many million followers and stuff like that. they She's expected to do it. But how can we be expected to do something if I if I physically can't? My my mental state of mind cannot allow me to do it. Mm. Like so, say I've just finished my race and my coach, I normally go to September. But I haven't had the best year this year. So I'm just like, I really can't go anymore. And my coach, says, are you sure? It's like I am positive. So the first of September, I'm done because you're making me. I'm I'm not running as fast as I want to, but you want me to go and race and then, wait, like race probably even worse, like get a slower time just because my head is not in the right position. So he understands that and he said, "Okay, Asha, we're going to finish the season there and we're going to." Well, I did a 200, so that's obviously not my main event. So it was more it was fun for me to do that. But if you asked me to go and do 100, I said my my headspace isn't there. I, I physically cannot get on the track and do it. The relay's fine because I'm passing the button. Yeah. It's banter. It's with the girls. It's more relaxed. But for me to go and do another 100 meters, I couldn't do it. So it's like, why would I force someone to go into a, a gymnast, be spinning up and down? You can hurt themselves, and they're not mentally there. You you can't do that. It's yeah. it's, it's that i you're forgetting. Like I so said, we are human first before mm-hmm. we are Olympic athletes. Like we're allowed to have our down days, but according to the rest of the world, we're not like, you've made yeah. it this far. You've taken someone else's spot. So I didn't get this far, and then say, oh, now I'm turned crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to um, compete. It's just like I've got to a point where I've had basically stage fright. And I can't physically go out there and perform. And I think people need to understand that because it is quite tough.
2: I think the thing is, if she would have had a physical injury and pulled mm. out, no one would have said anything. It's true, yeah. But because it was a, a metal, which
0: yeah. is, is, is yeah. even
2: worse for a lot of people. Like, it's, mm. it's 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 unbelievable. And I think that she's came out and did that. Like we said, we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. It's opening up conversations where potentially people wouldn't have spoken about before. And mm-hmm. people would just, like we said, bottled up on their own. Yeah, And I think it would have done a lot a positive off mm-hmm. the back of it for the sport and for athletes to kind of feel like that pressure's lifted from feeling like they can't speak about it or they needed to. Do
1: you know what it scares me so? Because obviously the suicide rate is going up as well. And I feel like you, and obviously it's when it comes to young men, they don't like to discuss a lot of things. Yeah. Us girls, we would talk a lot, but even though we wouldn't go as far, but at least we would, we would discuss a certain, like a few subjects, I should say. But for men, they don't discuss it a lot. So I know my brother, he closed off with, with us at one point and he just didn't really talk to us or we didn't realise how bad he was doing in his work or whatever. He just never spoke to us. And then one day he just came and spoke to us and thinking, wow, you were going for all this and you didn't want to tell us. Like, but we're here for you. Like we're a, like said, a supportive family, but yet he knows that, but he still couldn't get the words out to physically tell us. So it's like when you, well, now I, I talk about therapy all the time. So when someone's, talking, I think you should go get therapy. I think she can get therapy. But it's not like I'm saying it just because um, I feel like you're, you know, you're not saying you're going crazy. We're talking to a strengthening and all that kind of bad the neg- negative <laughs> uh, connotations to it. But it's just, you could just, it just takes off another load mm-hmm. and it just, it changes your life. Yeah. And I feel like I, when I told my boss that, yeah, just go and get therapy. Go and talk to someone. Go and, uh, go and talk to Auntie Faith. That's why I said go and talk to her aunt and she'll sort <laughs> you out. <laughs> and you'll be fine but it's just some people feel like maybe because they can't afford it they can't do it but then even so you can find a friend that you can trust mm-hmm. and I think that's always the hardest thing because people still don't know how to offload to their friends but I always say just find, some, just find that one person even in you know record yourself just talking I've got Wilson now they're my um, my bull from Castaway and I talk to Wilson at home if I <laughs> if I need to have a word of <laughs> no one's in the house and no one's talked to him. like Wilson I've had a tough day today you
0: know?
1: <laughs> but no you just need to I feel like because he went through that stuff and I just feel like, you know what, I need you to go and talk to someone or, you know, we're here for you. But I am like pro advocate, like everyone needs therapy, even if it's just like, if you're not even going through anything, just talk. Just mm-hmm. if you want someone to talk to, just do it because it is so healthy, so healthy.
2: 100%. I think we're also, especially within the field that we're in, like mm-hmm. athletics a, a or uh, with coaching, we are always the first ones to advocate looking after physical health. Mm-hmm. But then we're never we're always reactive rather than proactive with, mm-hmm. with mental health. And we sort of have these pillars in life which hold us up and obviously like physical yeah. is one of them and the psychological part is the other. And all these pillars are kind of running in unison to make sure we're held up as a as a person mm-hmm. in society today. But as one of, as soon as one of those goes, we're fucked. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the big one that we never <laughs> ever talk about. As you said, especially for, for males and if, was it your brother who
1: yeah, well, I just feel like he just closed off on us. Yeah, yeah, and
2: again, like the first time I ever spoke about it, because during the first lockdown, I was at the point where I was contemplating taking my own life and mm. my mum didn't even know about it until I spoke about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think she was really worried about it. And and again, I didn't feel like I could speak to her mm-hmm. about it. Um, but again, I had the therapist about it. I felt like I could speak to Lucy about it to a certain degree. And
0: But you, you spoke to the therapist first about it. Yeah. Yeah, so sure. it's one of those things that even though you can be so yeah. close to someone, there's sometimes you have to talk to a third-party yeah. person. It's they don't have a mm-hmm. clue about anything, so I'm mm. going to speak to them, and that's cool.
2: But well, the amount of people that came after we released that podcast and spoke about it was unbelievable, and I think these kind of conversations mm. are so important for other people then to resonate to, and then for them to go and speak to someone yeah. else about it as well. Yeah. So a massive thank you for obviously speaking about her and. No,
1: I am here for it. I will honestly once a week I was talking to my psychologist, even if it was not even to talk about track, she would just listen and say, "Oh, actually, if you want to talk about something else in your life, boys, your mum, this, any other that you can just just talk." And I I'm so pro it because I don't want to see like I don't want to lose a friend to Mm -hmm. to someone's mental health like knowing that I could have helped because then it feels like like I could have done something but then I would never have known had you not told me but mm-hmm. then it's like I can't pull, I can't you know draw blood from a stone if yeah. you're not giving me that that bit to just say oh can we let talk about this subject but I always ask people like how are you how's things and I would, maybe because I'm that fan, I will go a bit deeper and I, now I know um, listening to other um, podcasts and stuff saying well, not even podcasts, people talking about if I'm not in the mental space, space of mine to hold your energy then I can't discuss it so I'll be like Am I in a good place to, you know, I can talk about it with you? So, are you okay? I so said, I can, when you say offload to me, I'm here for you. But sometimes we're like, you know what? I can't take it today because my head isn't in the right space. Yeah. So, I also have to protect myself first as well. So, I've learned to do that as well. So, so, you know what? Come to me tomorrow and I'll be there for you. But um, I always know, I always have to check into my close friends just to make sure that like, how is everything? Are you okay? But even then, they could still lie to me. But mm. at least I know I tried. Yeah. Um, the worst thing is, if I didn't try and um, I didn't know about it, then it would have been worse for me. So there's a girl um who I went to secondary school with. Uh this is the reason why I think I, I would adopt two kids if I could if I could physically afford it and <laughs> later on in life. But I feel like if I and the space anyways right, but if I would adopt a pair, they have to be siblings because one of them I was in a training camp and I found out she'd committed suicide, left her daughter behind. And it was it kinda hurt my feelings because like I said, my family are so close and to mm-hmm. so know that she didn't have that family along with her to support her I feel um, I could have been there to change her life even though we wasn't close she still affected me from being in school knowing how my family was so different to hers and I feel like had I spoken to her had I said something maybe things could have been different had I been closer to her just all those little things just run through your mind and I just feel like it it affected me so badly I was like how is this affecting me and I from that day I thought okay you know I'm going to adopt two kids so I hope that is my future I would like to have two kids in my family that aren't mine but I know I could have changed someone else's life Knowing that I tried, but cause like, just, I just, I just couldn't have someone else I know lose their life mm-hmm. to that. Knowing all I had to do was ask you, are you okay? Do you need someone to talk to? Is there anyone out there I can help you with? Like, like I said, sometimes I do put myself first in those situations, but I have that mental space to do it at that moment. Yeah. Like if I couldn't, obviously I say, you know what, come to me tomorrow. We'll discuss this then, but at least I want to know. So like now my niece is starting secondary school tomorrow. I'm like, oh, this week, I'm like, so how are things are you going to be okay? Yeah. Are you like this? Like, this is what's going to happen. This and the other one. We have all the little talks and the, the, the big girl talks are going to come out soon. So, <laughs> <be very> far <laughs> yeah, <on. laughs> they're coming out. <laughs> Whether she likes it or not, we're going to have this discussion. <laughs> but, like, it's like, I want to make sure that she's okay because obviously, like, this world is different for them now. Because yeah. obviously, social media, is just, I don't want her thinking, she doesn't have the nicest bag. She doesn't have the nicest trainers. I said, well, not that You're going to scuff them up anyway. Yeah. You're not wearing them to school or whatever. But I just feel, I want to make sure she's going to be okay. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, I just, I just know, I just couldn't, me, but I couldn't hold someone losing their life on my shoulders. But now I know I've been exposed to therapy. I will throw in everyone's face like, Mm. yeah, you need this, you need this, and even one of the. Track boys, um, he told me about it that he started getting therapy and I I hugged him and he felt so happy that I hugged him and felt like Asha, like I didn't want to be judged or this and you said, How could you be judged? This is one of the best things you could ever do in life. And then he was so happy he was so happy, like that I responded so well just for him. I said, Yeah, I'm you everyone on this podcast, please go get therapy. You know, you need it. (laughs) But it's like it's just really just for just for you, your own benefit just uh, that one conversation can change your whole life even today I just told my niece, Um, I said to her I saw a girl she looked really cute in, a, in her outfit so oh I'm going I really like your outfit and She like why do you say that so because that could change someone's whole day yeah, yeah. so me saying you look really pretty today oh I like your shoes your outfit your makeup whatever I just said something nice to someone and I hope that changed their day even they had a smile on her face I don't know but you saw the light her uh, face just lit up yeah. I feel like that's all you need to do to people just tell them you look great today and yeah
0: Oh, you're such a pleasure to... <laughs> talk. Honestly, I'd be like, listen to that with a big smile on my face. I think it's good
2: well. cool. that it positive energy because I feel like the reason why people don't go to therapy or don't talk about it is because mm-hmm. it's always seen in a negative light or yeah. like something's wrong with you. You're going yeah, or it.
1: you're going to a shrink. Yeah, All right.
2: exactly. So to, to have that speaking up yourself and like with a positive energy around yeah. it, I think it's probably for that guy that you spoke to from the truck mm-hmm. or whatever as well, probably just changed his whole perspective on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And and he probably potentially would have been more committed to it as mm-hmm. well. One of the the other things, kind of, again around the the mental health element. I know we spoke about before when she finished swimming, and she needed something after that to go yeah. into to kind of because you an athlete at that level, you need some, yeah. some refocus. What do you feel like for you would be that? Have you got like another focus after athletics or or know. during, or have you got something that you enjoy doing that you kind of can see yourself splitting off into?
1: Do you know it's gonna be really hard when I get to that point and that crossroad because. Obviously, I've done sport my whole Mm -hmm. life. I've not known anything but sports. And I'm thinking, okay, Ash, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. Like, you go to uni, you still take a degree. And you still, am I going to use it? I still don't know. But um, I feel like I studied drama. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) So I thought I'd probably go into theatre maybe or behind the scenes or just going to acting or something. Cause that, was, that's, oh, that has been always been my passion to do, but I would just put it on hold because of sports. Mm-hmm. And I see my friends doing so well now that I went to drama school with and stuff. And I feel like, oh, you're doing so well. Like, oh, am I jealous? I don't know, but I'm here at the Olympics. How can I be jealous? Like, This is another passion of mine, but you want it all, don't you? You want to have mm-hmm. to have yeah. everything. But um, I probably would go into something like that. I don't know. I'll probably, I probably, I, I don't know. I probably say, oh, I'm going to travel for about a year, but I'll probably get bored after like 10 minutes. <laughs> I know I'm going to have, I've literally just, this is my first day off. And I was going to take me like two weeks. And be like, oh, I'm going to miss the gym. Like I love the gym more than running when it comes to running. So I feel like <laughs> I'm going to miss doing some sort of physical fitness. So I'll probably still say fit, maybe because I like the body yeah. that comes with it. Because um, I know I, w- I will just put on a couple pounds. I mean, I could do that in the space of three weeks, you'll <laughs> see. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I haven't really pinpointed what I wanted to do Um, my family said I can always be a teacher because they were teachers and stuff but do I really want to work do I really want to get a job Mm -hmm. like do I really want to do labour I don't know I just want to Lie down and then when I decide to get up, I'll get up. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what I want to do. If I, do me? Like, yeah. it's more I like that. of a, um, agency work. and almost was because like, my yeah. So now my family is retired. Like they do agency. They'll go in when they want to go and I feel like that's mm. what I want to do. Yeah. I want to do agency. Call me if you need me. Oh, yeah. today's not date. Now maybe tomorrow. Like I think that's what I'm going to. But I don't know. I'm really scared. I'm not scared, but I'm gonna be excited for the next. Adventure, yeah. That when it comes
2: to it, so so many things can change in such a short period of time. Yeah. Especially like the, the the way that the, the mm. and with the social media and everything else that comes to it. So there may be something else that cropped up in the path and kind of just spins you off in a
1: yeah. A something might direction. come next week, and I might feel like this might be it. Yeah, yeah. I might just go tomorrow, yeah. but until then, I'm gonna hold on. <laughs> well, because the next Olympics say, it's three years, but I don't understand it's three more winters yes. of training, <laughs> and winter training is death. Yeah, is. and you lie on the track and you're thinking why on earth am I coming up Locking why am I here breath, yeah, like, yeah. You just, yes. cold coming and out. your head starts steaming like how is that possible yeah. like I get so angry thinking why <laughs> why do I get back up and do it again like knowing what I'm going to go into in October I must be stupid I think all athletes aren't correct we're wired differently because how dare we die throw up one day and then think it's okay to get up and do it the next yeah. we're stupid I think we're, we're definitely stupid as well but um, I feel like I'll go into you know that winter I think three more winters can I go to Olympics I don't know but obviously next year's another big year it's so a home championship so I'll have a discussion with myself then Okay, yeah. do not want to go again okay we'll see and then we'll go on from there but I am looking forward to what else my What's life different? has to bring yeah. so I'm, I'm not so upset about listen, missing out on other people's lives or stuff that they're doing because I know the end is near for the sport so
2: I don't know you're so still so young as well, though. so there's there's Thank other chapters to. I like that
1: young. There's still
2: other chapters unfolds, and this is another yeah. part of your life that will open up at some point, wherever that may be. It's
1: true. I'm still going to be a mum one day, or this any other. I'm like, I don't know. I'm still a great auntie right yeah. now. I just like giving them back. 100%. yeah, you give them back I the like,
0: the yeah. I'm giving them back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, so, I mean, this part. I was just looking at our faces. Like, I'm smile. not going to smile. Um, no, Ash, you have been incredible and I honestly feel so many people can listen to this podcast and be like yeah I Mm. I needed to hear that today like whatever because you don't you never know what someone's going through who's listening Mm. complete wide audience that we have in general for Mm -hmm. our uh, podcast (laughs) our podcast as well so just for people who maybe live under a rock living under a rock yeah Mm -hmm. where can people find you where can people find you? Instagram. You. I think you just started YouTube. Just started. Yeah. You just started YouTube. Just yeah.
1: started behind um, the scenes of the Olympics. So
0: that's so sick. of <laughs> me. I'm already subscribed. But um, where can people find more about you?
1: I just don't even know my YouTube name on that. It's that a thing. Just. It's on my Instagram anyway. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's Asha Philip, isn't it? Yeah, well, Miss Asha Philip. I feel Asha like Phillip. I feel like more of an adult, but it's oh, S. But yeah. I should be Princess yeah. Asha Philip. Yeah. Never know. Harry's... No, well, they married now, actually, aren't they? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Probably find another foreign um, royal family. But yeah, my name is Miss Asha Philip on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not really a Twitter girl, but I'm trying to get back into it. Mm. But that's but my, my main one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It? It's a bit of a... I, I don't know when the last time I tweeted was.
1: Mm. It can be a bit of a bitchy place kind of Twitter
2: sometimes. It is. I yeah, just feel like I'm not there the
1: for that. But I'm all for cussing on Instagram.
0: <laughs> Even so,
1: today, I went into to Zara and look, the man was giving me attitude. I said, I not today. Yeah, I drink. was like, you don't need to be. So, yeah. today, I'm not trying to catch a case today. <laughs> so please, I'm going to take a deep breath. I said, I walked out the shop I said, you know what? You're having a bad day. I'm not going to hold it to you. So you don't know, I don't know what his energy was at. Like. You know, he might have had a bad day. But yeah, I'm yeah. here just trying to buy clothes. That's all I'm trying to do. There's yeah. no need for whatever energy you're giving me. But I'm just going to take a deep breath. I said, today's not the day. I might come for you tomorrow. But today's not today."
0: amazing oh well no thanks so much we appreciate it oh no thanks for
2: having
1: me I loved it it was fun thank
2: you it was amazing Um, for all those who are watching on YouTube please make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel and make sure that you tag all three of us if you are listening and post on a story please continue to leave reviews on iTunes and
0: because we love it when you do it's It's a great time awesome on YouTube it's a great time
2: yeah and we'll catch you in the next one
0: bye bye guys